Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, I know in some ways you're probably sick of hearing about... Sick, you get that? Sick of hearing, I am. Sick of hearing about Obamacare in terms of the numbers and, you know, what it, well, what a disaster it is. I think the good thing is that most people, most media outlets these days are at least, uh, conceding that there are um, many, many problems with Obamacare, if not yet conceding that it is an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> um, but today, the guest on my show today, Carrie Zine, is going to tell you about Obamacare from a very personal point of view. You know, it's one thing to talk about numbers and talk about, you know, discontent and the website is, has problems and blah, 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 but that doesn't put a face on it. But when you hear about it from one, you know, one, and Carrie, I am sure, is the tip of the iceberg, you know, hopefully more stories will get in the media, or maybe your friends and family and neighbors and so on have started telling you about these things, but um, there are going to be more and more horror stories coming. And the importance of this, um, besides being empathic with Carrie, um, is is to make you aware that we really, really have got to stop this thing. I mean, I've been saying this from the very first moment that I heard the word Obamacare or Affordable Care Act or whatever the hell it's being called these days. Um, I knew from the beginning that and tried to warn all of you that this was a disaster and a very bad idea. And um, again, for those of you who might not have heard me say this before, yes, I'm a doctor, but I am not going to be involved. This is not a... I mean, this is not something that is going to um, hurt my pocketbook or whatever. I mean, I'm not talking about this for any, from any kind of a self-advantage um, point of view. I, I, am, I do not accept Obamacare. I am not going to accept Obamacare. And it is not going to change um, my, the number of patients I see or, or anything like that. So it, it doesn't, I mean, other than being upset, more from the personal point of view of being concerned about the health care that myself, my friends, my family, everybody else is going to get. Um, in that way, it touches me, but, uh, but not from, you know, I want to take care of that right away. It's not about my bottom line. So today we're going to be talking about Ob- an Obamacare nightmare, and this one is putting a woman in financial ICU. Carrie Zane has already done this, and... Um, and again, this is not just about Carrie. Think about, you know, you being in a similar situation or people you care about being in a similar situation. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, I want to, before, before we start talking about your Obamacare nightmare, I want to talk about, I want to tell the, um, my listeners something about you because I don't want them to think <laughs> that you're some, um, I don't know, bottom-dwelling um, person who just kind of uses the system and you're, you know, you're angry that you're not getting enough. Um, Carrie is a very distinguished woman. Um, she is an Emmy Award-winning television executive producer. She is a, an author, a best-selling Amazon author of a book called It Takes All Five, A Single Mom's Guide to Finding the Real One. She has an MA in spiritual psychology and a BA from UCLA. Uh, she's a member of a member of the Directors Guild, and so on and so on. I mean, you get the picture. She's a single mom lifestyle expert, 
and um, maybe if we have time at the end, Carrie, we can talk a little bit about your book and, and what that's about. But the, the point that I'm trying to make is that if you could get caught up in the Obamacare nightmare as an intelligent, uh, savvy, sophisticated woman, um, then, you know, really, <laughs> who is safe from this? So, right. um, and go ahead. I, no one is. Nobody is. And I, I, I know you're referring to a newsletter that I sent out to, to my community and, and you're amongst them. And the, the, uh, the stories that I got back from other people who have had horrific experiences was, um, mind blowing. Huh. But, but just so I, you know, so that we're really clear about what is going on, I, I didn't go through covered California. Because I am an individual, and I'm on an individual plan, I'm an entrepreneur, I went through my, my, my insurance company shifted my, my insurance into a, uh, a uh, Obamacare, like, acceptable plan. So it has all of the elements that are in the Affordable Care Act. Uh-huh. But it's still a private insurance plan, and that's because I, I, you know, I am, I do work really hard. I'm a single mother and I have my own business. I run my own business. So I can't get, you know, I, I'm not a, an indigent person, thankfully. But I couldn't get the credits, you know, that I need to get to qualify. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so I, there are millions and millions of people just like me who are, on individual plans, there are small business owners, you know, there are people who, who can't, they don't have jobs for, with big employers and, and they don't get subsidies. So we had to go someplace. And I went into this plan and it was the most um, thought, uh, thoughtless isn't the right word, but it was just not thought through. You know, they didn't, I don't think anyone who put this plan in place thought about the rest of us. You know, like the middle, the middle of America that has to really like take care of our ourselves. Uh huh. Well, yes. I mean, that's one of the things about Obamacare that has that has startled me from the beginning. Uh, the um, the fact that the website didn't work. I mean, you know, okay, that was bad, but but yeah, that was the tip of the iceberg because. You know, I mean, that wasn't. They sh- of course, they should have uh, made sure everything worked before they put it out into the public. But, but then when you look at all the other things that aren't working, I mean, the website really becomes not very important. Um, things like not thinking through who was going to sign up to Obamacare. You know, somehow <laughs> Obama seemed to have this uh, idea that he would put it out there, and all Americans would just be so thrilled they they wouldn't. Uh, they couldn't wait to sign up, and um, and it's well below uh, the numbers that they were expecting. Which I I don't know why it was so small. Anyway, they were their expectations were only seven million for by the end of March, and that just seems. I mean, considering how big America is, that I mean, what what difference is that going to make um, in terms of health care if? If uh, other than to the people who are well, other than the fact that it has more far-reaching implications, like you're about to tell us, um, yeah. but but you know things like um, the fact that there were going to be less people signing up who were younger and healthier, and more people signing up who needed subsidies and needed and 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 especially like the idea that they couldn't be turned down, and so therefore they would cost a lot of money. I mean, where all this money is coming from? Well, it's coming from us taxpayers, but um, but nobody asked us. 
And, um, and, and all of this, one of the things that kills me is all of the PR that is being done, spending our taxpayer money. I mean, you know, trips to colleges and ads on television and ads on radio. I mean, who, you know, is, we're paying for this whether we want to join Obamacare or not. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't know about you, but I know that my rates went up. I have a 23-year-old daughter. Her rates doubled, and, and she's a healthy girl. And so I, I know in my story, I said it's a redistribution of wealth, and that's exactly what's going on. So we, again, hardworking middle America, you know, just like paying our bills, we're not getting served. And, and instead, we're now paying for all these other people. Yes, and and uh, and yes, a redistribution. You want to explain that? What you mean a little bit more? What you mean by a redistribution of wealth, and what well, makes you think that? It, 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 there are many, many, many people who were paying for their own insurance. Again, I go back to you know where the individuals or the family plans, the people who don't work for big companies, or um, you know we we have to take we have to support our own health insurance. Well, our health insurance rates went sky high. And that money is being redistributed to pay for the people who can't afford insurance. Mm-hmm. So all the people mm-hmm. that didn't get it or all the people who, you know, would, couldn't qualify because they had pre-existing conditions. Yes, they're getting insurance, and I'm really glad for them. I, I am. Everybody should have health care, but not at, at my expense. Mm-hmm. You know, I take care of myself. I take care of my children. I'm going to continue to do that. But it's it, the way that it went and the, and, and the way that I have to work through the system now is it's egregious and, and unfair. It's so unfair. Yes, absolutely. Well, we'll come back to some of that. Why don't we start with your story? Um, once upon, <laughs> once upon <laughs> a time. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, okay. I wasn't going to tell you more. Okay, so you know, um, there are so many elements to this, but yes, I, I am a fairly healthy person. And uh, last year, I was informed that I was going to, you know, that if I liked the insurance plan that they were, that my insurance company was putting me in, don't do anything and just pay my payment in January, which is what I did. And I was under the impression that I was on a PPO plan, which means that I get to pick the provider, the the physician that I'd like to go to. And that was important to me. In January, when I got my uh, insurance card, it said PPO. So, you know, I felt confident that even though I was paying more for my insurance, I was still getting the level of care that I felt my family, you know, that I wanted for my family. Then, on January 19th, I tripped and fell, and I hurt my thumb. Um, I came, and I was away. Uh, I came back into town. I went to my physician. I handed him my card, my insurance card that said PPO. And in that moment, because I needed surgery, and no one checked. You know, they, they called the insurance carrier to make sure that I was covered. Neither the doctor's office nor the insurance carrier qualified the, the physician. So everybody assumed that he was on my plan you mean and that sur- I was covered. You mean the they surgeon? checked the anesthesiologist. They checked the surgery center. We, you know, we adjusted, uh, you know, the surgery center. I was told that there were no anesthesiologists on my plan. I was going to have to cover that out of my pocket, which I agreed to. 
and then I had my surgery. Well, wait, and are everything, you saying, I thought wait, everything was Carrie, fine. Carrie, yes. Are you saying that the, they didn't check whether the surgeon was covered? They never checked to see whether the surgeon was covered. Right. Okay. And okay. the surgeon never, he, he just assumed that he was on that plan because it was a preferred physician plan, and he was in the past. Uh-huh. Okay. So, uh, you know, so I went and I had my surgery, I had, you know, all of that. And then three weeks later, I went back to get a splint for my thumb and someone in his office said, your splint's not covered by your plan. You're on a California covered plan. And I'm sitting in the doctor's office and I said, how is that possible? How is it possible that my splint's not covered? And the surgery was. <laughs> and they said, oh, it's not. Huh. I'm like you've you've got to be kidding me. I just had all of this this work done under the assumption that I was okay that my insurance plan was taking care of me and it wasn't. And, the and I'm not. And now, you know, I'm on the line for a, at, at minimum $20,000. Yes. Wow. All right, good place to stop. We have to take a break. Uh, yeah, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> um, my guest is Carrie Zane. We're talking about her Obamacare nightmare. And um, this is a, a, a caveat emptor, buyer beware. Um, this isn't just her story. It could well be your story as well. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Uh, We left Carrie Zane, my guest, um, when she was on the floor after they told her at the doctor's office that her $20,000 plus surgery and subsequent splint and so on that she would need for her thumb. That, I mean, you know, it doesn't seem like, oh, it's only a thumb, but it needed surgery, $20,000 worth, plus all the incidentals. 
um, wasn't covered. So, you know, what do you do? You tell them, oh, my splint isn't covered, so I guess I won't have one then. <laughs> I mean, you can't do that. Um, so let's hear what you did do. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and that is the truth. Uh, you know, every, it, it, was, it was such a shocking moment, actually, because I don't know that the doctor realized that he wasn't covered either. Like, mm-hmm. we were all surprised. We were mm-hmm. all taken by surprise. And I think... You know, going back to what we discussed at the beginning, the problem with the way this plan was implemented is that it was so unclear and unorganized that nobody knows what's going on. Uh, you know, including yeah. the, the doctors, the, why didn't the insurance company, I mean, he, the, the guy, the carrier who qualified the surgery center, why wouldn't he take it one step further and qualify the physician? If he knows that he knew I was having surgery, he knows that there's a new plan, you know, mm-hmm. it, just, it just just seems like this big muddle of confusion. So, you know, the doctor was so upset, he was ready to put my old cast back on my hand and send me home, you know. Oh, wow. So I said, no, you know, I and I'm a writer, and so I need to use my all, you know. <laughs> are, you, are you writing? Are you the hand that you, that you broke? Fortunately, I broke my right hand, and I'm left-handed. Okay. But, I, you know, I still need to, to use all my <laughs> fingers. Right so. <laughs> yes. I ended up paying cash. You know, for my splint, or you know, they were gonna, you know, let me go out with what was there. So, you know, I think the lesson, my my deal is is a mess because we were all under the impression that I was on a PPO, and because my insurance cards reflect that, you know, everyone yes. is really confused. And and as I understand it now, I am on an EPO, which is an. Ex- Exclusive provider network. So there are only certain physicians I love who are it. in look my network. Look at that um, euphemism: exclusive provider network. Yeah, I know. You think it excludes it's really all the good doctors. <laughs> but here's what everyone should know: there, if I leave California, I'm not covered. Oh so wow. God, You know, had I gone to a surgery center in Charlotte, not, not I mean, because nothing was covered now. But nothing certainly wouldn't have been covered then. Oh, if wow. I want to choose my own specialist, you know, or if your children, like if your children are having some issue and you want to go to a, a specialist, you can't. I mean, you can, but you have to pay for it if it's not in your network. And these are things that I didn't even think about before because I had a preferred physician. It's very much in line with, I guess, what Kaiser is. You know, mm-hmm. that you, you can only go to these certain doctors. I can never leave the country. I can never leave the state. God forbid I get in a car accident in Minnesota or something. I'm, I'm a, you know. Well, you know, I, I want to, um, I want to uh, stop you for a minute. I want to pause here to sort of make some points for my listeners. Um, first of all, I want to make it clear because I wasn't clear about this at the beginning that Carrie, it isn't that Carrie joined <laughs> Obamacare. It's that she was with, and she doesn't want me to mention the name of the, of the insurance company, but uh, an insur- insurance company, an insurance company that I will bet <laughs> most of you are out there are insured by, or at least a, a version of it. I mean, a, a very well known um, insurance company, not some little, you know, town, maybe one of the best known, if not the best known. So, um, so it involves all of you more than you're realizing. In other words, you don't have to join Obamacare or Covered California for all this to affect you because, um, because apparently, unbeknownst to us, 
um, our, I mean, I guess the, the, one of the bottom lines from this is that everybody needs to check with their insurance company to see how their policy has been changed and what they're actually eligible for before they do travel out of the state or, or you know, do something else that could totally bankrupt them. Absolutely, and, and you should go online. You know, they have the programs online. You can look and see whether your doctor is in the network or not. Absolutely, you should do that. The other thing that I was told in the last couple of weeks, you know, like everything just keeps getting uncovered and uncovered. So the new thing is I live in Long Beach, California, and many of the physicians in this community, if they haven't already signed up for this particular network, they're not allowing them to sign up until August. So there's a good possibility that the doctors that I have been going to for the last 20 years are no longer in my network, and I can no longer use them as my providers if I want to stay within my program and utilize my, you know, my deductibles and, and all of that. And, and I want to tell you something that's even more shocking. What's more shocking to me is on our old plans, even if you went out of network, there was a cap. Right, So there was like you can spend $20,000 or $50,000, whatever your insurance plan um, you know, that you signed up for. Now there is none. What, what do you mean a cap? There's so, so let's say you, you know, I, let's say I chose my hand surgeon that I went to and his bills were, um, were $50,000. But on my old insurance plan, my out-of-pocket for out-of-network was twenty thousand uh-huh. dollars. So I would pay the twenty thousand dollars, and then the insurance would kick in and pay the additional thirty thousand uh-huh. dollars. Under this plan that I am on right now, I would be on the hook for the entire fifty thousand dollars, or a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, or two hundred thousand dollars. And you, everybody, needs to know that they need to check that because it will put you in financial ruin. Yes, absolutely. Wow, it does keep getting worse and worse. And, of course, um, there is so much confusion. Even when you go to call your insurance company, um, you know, people don't know what the latest twist is. And uh, and, and I, I didn't know that about the uh, not – do you understand why they're not letting doctors – I mean, it's, there are few enough doctors who want to sign up for all of this. You know, there were doctors even before Obamacare, um, because insurance companies were paying so little uh, that, in general, that um, a lot of doctors started uh, seceding from their, from, you know, regular well-known uh, household name insurance companies because they didn't want to be, um, I guess it's the caps that you're talking about, they didn't want to be capped at certain levels. Um, well, or they didn't want to be capped in terms of not getting any money for the difference. So... So already a lot of doctors were um, getting getting rid of or not being a member of certain plans. And then with Obamacare, even more doctors don't want to be involved because of all the paperwork, because of, of course, the little pay. Uh, so it seems strange to me that, that they would then tell doctors that they can't sign up again until August. Why are they trying to limit the doctors? You know, I wish I could answer that. I think we need an insurance uh, carrier to answer that. But I will tell you that the doctor that I went to felt so bad about the situation that he called the insurance company and asked them if they if they would allow him to go on the plan just for my case. Huh. And they refused. Oh. They said, you either sign up for all of it 
or you sign up for none of it. And by the way, we're not signing you up until August. Oh, wow. Oh, that was nice of him, but that was really very sad. I mean, I know in Los Angeles, and, and maybe you've been, well, yeah, I assume some of the radio stations uh, that I listen to that have this, you've also heard, um, where they, like, there's an ad running for Cedar sinai Have you heard that? I have not. Um, where, you know, Cedars and UCLA are the best hospitals in Los Angeles. And um, yes. so Cedars... Uh, has an ad running um, on the radio that says to check your plan because a lot of the plans, and of course they seem to be, you know, it's a thinly veiled reference to Obamacare, well, and I guess to, pl- to other plans for that matter, like what you're just describing, um, where they say, you know, uh, make sure that Cedars is, in your, is still in your network. Correct. I mean, you know, this is such a disaster. And um, it is having such an impact on, on medicine. And actually, you know, I, I, when I asked you that question, why they wouldn't let doctors sign up until August, you know, as you were answering, I was thinking myself that, um, yes, wouldn't, why wouldn't they want more doctors to sign up? Why? Because, <laughs> because the more time it takes to get a doctor's appointment, the less money they're going to have to pay. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I mean, this is not about our health folks, in case you you missed that. This is not about giving you better health care, more health care, any kind of improvement in your health care whatsoever. We have been sold such a bill of goods. It is just just criminal. You know, I I keep thinking (laughs) with a lot of things that Obama, from the beginning, actually, of what Obama has been doing to our country. Um, I keep thinking about kids. Uh, in, in, in elementary school and junior high school and high school and college in the future, reading about history and reading about the things that happened during these years and scratching their heads and saying, what, were Americans asleep? Why didn't anybody realize what was going on? And, of course, Obamacare is a big part of that. I mean, it's like, what, what is that? We are asleep. Everybody is just... Um, you know, it's a very stressful time. That's part of it. And people are just kind of lulled into complacency. And we have to do something, folks. Wait until, I mean, it's, it's going to take, I mean, unfortunately, I think it's going to take stories like yours and people hearing stories like yours that are going to wake people up more to realize this could happen to them. Because until you explained it just now, I didn't realize that it was like a major insurance company. I, I was thinking it was some permutation of Obamacare. And, of course, it is affected by Obamacare with all the changes that that made in all the other insurance companies. But, but you know, I hadn't even realized that it had gone to this po- point. Yeah, no, it's, it's a serious it's a serious issue, and, and everyone needs to be aware of it. And you're right, until it hits you in the face. You don't know, you know, what your plan will do or, you know, everybody sees, I know, for the most part, people see their rates going up that yes. I know. People who have taken yes. care of their own insurance, their rates have gone up. Yes. But they don't really know that the level of care that yes. they've gotten has diminished down. Yes. so much. Well, we need to take another break. My um, guest is Carrie Zane. We're talking about an Obamacare nightmare that could happen to you. This is a warning. Um, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Uh, stay tuned. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. 
the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about a horror story related to Obamacare. An Obamacare nightmare. We're going to be uh, hearing more of these, uh, hopefully. I mean, I, it's Carrie, you know, it's very, my guest is Carrie Zane. Um, she is, as I described at the beginning, an Emmy Award winning television executive producer and author and so on, a very well educated woman. Um, and this story, this nightmare happened to her. And so um, we all have to take note, even, you know, <laughs> Things, some of the things that you've been saying, Carrie, are shocking to me, and I've been trying to keep up with this. It's impossible to keep up with it, but, um, yeah. but um, so we do really have to pay attention to all of this. And um, I, I just want to say, you know, one thing that I can tell people as a doctor is that um, I have never seen doctors be this depressed disheartened, disillusioned, um, ready to give up medicine. I mean, there are, doctors are quitting, whether it's retiring or quitting to do something else, you know, to be a mailman. I don't even know if you can get a job as a mailman anymore, but I mean, you know, some, something. Um, because of uh, because of all of this, and it's not just you know before before jumping to the conclusion. Oh well, they want to make you know doctors want to be rich and they just want to make a lot of money and that's why they're quitting. No, it's because doctors went into medicine in the first place. Yes, we want to be paid for our time, but we want to be able to provide uh, a level of care to patients. It's the fulfillment of of treating people, seeing people get well, whether it's a psychiatrist or an internist or a surgeon or whatever. And and um, internists, for example. Family doctors, all the doctors are so um, uh, being made to do so much paperwork to get the paltry sums that Obamacare and other insurances that are following suit pay that they have to spend their time just reading, writing uh, on computers to do electronic patient records, you know, and wait till talk about horror stories. I am waiting for that to happen. I mean, I, of course, I will feel sorry for the people that this happens to, but if it saves a, a bunch of other people, you know, millions of other people, it will be worth it. Um, certainly, Obamacare is going to be hacked. I mean, there's no question about that. If, if <laughs> Target can be hacked, Obamacare, that already had problems with his website, is going to be hacked. 
And the sad thing is that it's not just going to be um, um, bank account numbers and so on, identity uh, numbers that are going to be stolen, but it's going to be personal health care information. I, I refuse. I am not going to be putting any psychiatric, psychiatric um, you know, per, the most personal information. Talk about, right, I'll write about people's sex lives and put it on the Internet. I mean, this is just ridiculous. So... Um, so at that point, when it gets hacked, uh, I think, you know, hopefully we can stop Obamacare before then, but um, if need be, I think when it gets hacked, that will certainly uh, be chilling to a lot of people who are on the fence or who have already signed up for Obamacare and, and so on. But, um, but Kerry's story is enough of a nightmare, and it should be bring, um, make us all find out more about exactly what has changed in the regular health care that we thought we had. So, Carrie, you were saying at the beginning that people, when people heard your story, that they wrote to you uh, and told you about some of their stories. What were some of their stories? I will tell you this, but there's one more thing that I think is really important mm-hmm. because I do want people to check their insurance plans. But, you know, double-check your insurance plans because I was told by my insurance company Mm -hmm. that I was on one kind of plan, and I wasn't. And every evidence that I had was that I was on one kind of plan, and I wasn't. So so no matter what you think your plan is, call your insurance carrier today, call your insurance agent today, and make sure. Don't wait until something you know, that yes. happened to me, happened to you. Uh, so that's one thing that I want everybody to know, uh, and uh, it's so, so important. But I will, sh- I will share with you because I got lots and lots and lots of responses, and so I can, I can read one to you mm-hmm. if you'd like. Um, sure. A woman sent me uh, this note. She said, I've been screaming about uh, this to the world since last September. My small business, it's just her husband and her and her daughters, also do not qualify for subsidies, and their monthly premium went from 1150 to 1500 per month. Wow. And the level of care was decreased while my deductible doubled per person. <laughs> I paid in over $24,000 last year in medical insurance, and we used a whopping $600. <laughs> As a comparison to your surgery, my daughter's three stitches from a sliced finger while doing the dishes was not covered one <laughs> red cent. So we were out of pocket $4,800. Yes, That's $1,600 per stitch. Despite her possibly bleeding out in 20 minutes, it's a very deep cut on a major vein, the, insur- the insurance company said that it was not an emergency and that she should have called to approve the provider first. With her wet hands, right? I mean, her bloody hands. Go ahead. Exactly. Exactly. Needless to say, I was not very. I was not a very con- controlled person. <laughs> okay. I'm glad to. I'm glad of my friends with pre-existing conditions no longer have to put up with the headaches. But there was a much better way to deal with that than this joke of a law. I am not a. A polite, I'm not as polite as you are. To, and so she just sort of came right out and said it, and she went on with some other sort of nasty <laughs> Obama sort of uh, innuendos. Uh, you know, and, and there are other people who wrote about their doctors, like you said, shutting their doors. There's going to be a lot more concierge doctors you'll see putting up shingles. Someone even said to me that there's probably going to be concierge insurance providers, and, mm. and I believe that. You know, mm. so... What's going to happen is not less of a division. There's not going to be more parity. There's going to be less. So the people who can afford insurance and going to their private physicians will still get that level of care. And the rest of us are, you know, are going to suffer with this Obamacare or ACA 
equivalent, you know, until we do make buckets of money and can afford the care that we used to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, dear. It's, um, well, I mean, it's, it's really, uh, at least we just need to make more of a groundswell and more noise. And, uh, of course, I, I still hope that it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, an end is going to be put to this, um, and we're going to go back to where we were, although I, I don't know if we're got, we've gone past the point of no return. I mean, insurance companies want to make more money, so uh, even if we repeal Obamacare, I don't know. It's a whole big mess, and, and the, the sad part is people who are caught in the middle and can't afford uh, care and think that, I mean, you know, $4,800 for three stitches, I mean, you know, so then, then there are going to be people who are going to say, well, why look at look at how much doctors charge? What do you mean it was forty eight hundred dollars for for just three stitches? Why why did it need to be that much money? You, you know, blaming it or on the hospital or the clinic or wherever it is that she went to to get the care. And you know, it's a vicious cycle because um, insurance companies. I mean, part of their tricks is to make doctors charge more so that the doctor can what they pay will actually be something reasonable or or less than. Uh, I mean, not that it's, it isn't really reasonable, but at least a little better than what it would have been if a doctor, you know, charged what he normally charged. Um, it's, it is really very, very sad. Um, why don't we, let's see, we have some more time. Why don't we, do, do you have another uh, example that you would like to talk I about? I can. There's, let's see, what else we've got here. There's <laughs> um, another person talking about closing doors, another single mom um, of two who's paying high premiums and, um, it, you know, every, there's just very similar, similar situations. Mm-hmm. Here's mm-hmm. another person. I went to a covered California meeting in January at Long Beach Memorial and we were told the hospitals or surgery centers in Long Beach are not contracted with covered California, huh. which is what I was talking about before. More and more physicians are opting out of covered California because nobody understands it. Uh, and then she went on to uh, say something about Pelosi that was <laughs> not polite. Um, let's see. Another gentleman said, we pay $1,400 a month for private insurance, and that has denied me twice of coverage I needed. My deductible is $3,500. They tried to drop me two years ago. Now they can't. Hmm. You know... Yes, all of these things should have been thought out well in advance before it was just perpetrated on us. It's it's um, it's really an unfortunate situation, and and uh, and people, you know, and and the real problem is like what you described. You know, uh, for for a lot of people, probably most people, the way they're going to find out about these things is when they're in a very compromised situation. I mean, there you were, for example. You had just had the surgery, thinking that it was covered, and and then um, to be there with the choice, okay, do we put on a new splint like we need to do, or do we put you back into the old, dirty, disheveled, (laughs) unraveling, um, disgusting splint that we just took off of you? I mean, you know, who and and that's a splint. What about people who are, um, you know, where it's going to be related to heart surgery or cancer or, I mean, not to minimize what you were going through, but, I mean, there are going to be people with these shocking revelations who are in life where it's life or death 
kinds of situations. And, and what do you say then when you know you don't have enough money in the bank account to cover it? What do you do? What do you, I know, and, and that's why I feel like this is so important because my, my example is that it is actually a very small example. It's only a sum. You know, like what would happen if it was cancer or heart, heart surgery? And I know there was a recent Wall Street Journal article where a gentleman was talking about his mother who has had a um, certain cancer drug that she's been taking for many, many years. And, you know, because of Obamacare, she no longer has her insurance plan, and she was trying to get on another insurance plan. And while she was trying to find another insurance plan, she didn't have any insurance. And then the, the new medications that she needs. So, in essence, she's going to die because of Obamacare. Hmm. She can't get what she needs because it's not in the network. You know, covered. and... and, and and, you know, what's so interesting is that there are so many obvious things that should have been thought out better, like who was going to join Obamacare and so on. But then there are these things like that where you know that it was thought out ahead of time and that it was a way of, of getting rid of people. Yeah. We need yes. to take I mean, another... I, yeah, I believe that, in, you know, insurance companies, they're, they're not non nonprofits. Right? right, they're for profit. Right, and so when they see the writing on the wall and they know that there's this this law coming down, don't you think that they've been, you know, months and months figuring out how how they're going to figure out to keep yes. their profits yes. profitable? They're not dumb. Yes, they're business people. Yes. So, you know, they did the workaround, so they're not accepting some doctors, and they're accept, you know accepting other doctors, and they're paying doctors seventy cents on the dollar, which is which is what my physician was saying, and the, and the reason why he was resisting covered California. Meanwhile, our rates went up, and you know they're so they're covering more people, right? The insurance companies, people are going, so more people are buying insurance, they're getting covered, and they're getting less coverage because everybody. It, whether you're subsidized or not, you still have to work under the same plans that I was working on. So there are certain doctors you can go to and certain doctors you can't go to. And if you want to go to a doctor that's out of your network, guess what? Even if you're subsidized, you're still going to have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what happens? So where's the bonus in that? And it's not the doctors who are the better doctors who are agreeing to. I mean, actually, I think doctors should have should have, should be on should go on strike. Um, because for, no, I, I you know I've thought that for years because uh, because to if they're concerned about the kind of care that they can give their patients that, and this is happening, they need to go on strike because you know it's also putting doctors in a very bad position uh, in terms of legal liability. Um, you know, leaving patients in the lurch. There's 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 some kind of medical responsibility where you can't abandon your patients, and yet at the same time you can't become a charity. Right. So it's, there are so many problems that are still going to be uh, be being uncovered as as things go on. So um, this is this is really the tip of the iceberg. Well, I think we need to take another break now. My guest is Carrie Zane. We're going to be talking about uh, we're, we've been talking about Obamacare nightmares and insurance nightmares and medical nightmares, um, which is really. Such an important uh, you're the you're you're the canary. What is the you're the canary in the coal mine? <laughs> yes. And uh, when we come back, let's talk about some of the other things that you do besides get uh, okay <laughs> get shocked by what's happening with insurance. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. So stay tuned.
Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I'm talking with the canary in the coal mine, Carrie Zane. <laughs> You'll have to take that as your, you know, byline. <laughs> I am. I'm going to start wearing yellow. <laughs> That's right. Um about Obamacare and about how Obamacare is affecting uh, the insurance that you're sitting there smugly thinking that you have and everything's going to be taken care of, when in fact, just like Carrie, you may be shocked just at the moment when you're at your most vulnerable. Um, Carrie, I just wanted to bring up one thing about, uh, I, and I can't remember what the word for this is, but like an, there are insurance um, ombudsmen, that's what I'm trying to think mm. of, insurance ombudsmen, advocates, um, people like if the ins- an insurance company doesn't pay what they're supposed to pay for a claim, and, and you can find these people, they usually work by taking a percentage of what they get you more than what the insurance company paid. Have you tried uh, or thought about contacting someone like that? I have not, and I'm writing it down now. Um, I did speak with another reporter who suggested that I call the insurance commissioner in California. Yes. Which, um, if I don't, uh, I have not filed my grievance yet because not all of my bills have been processed, but as soon as that's done, I am going to file a grievance with the insurance company, and if I do not get results, I will go to the insurance commissioner's office. Well, yeah, Um I mean, you know, I don't know how ombudsmen or insurance advocates have been affected by Obamacare and all this confusion and so on and all the, all this, the many more angry people that there are out there, but I think it's worth trying anyway because, um, because my understanding is that they, take, that they don't take money up front. They only take a percentage of what the extra is that they get you, so I would recommend that. Now let's talk about something <laughs> something totally different. What Carrie does when she's not fighting insurance companies or, or breaking her thumb or, or didn't, breaking a, um, tearing her thumb, I guess, um, needing surgery on her thumb. Uh, and that is that one of the things that you do is that you're an author of um, a book called It Takes All Five, A Single Mom's Guide to Finding the Real One. So tell us about that. What's the well, all five? It's... 
you know, I went through a divorce 12 years ago, and at that time, I didn't find any resources for me. You know, it was a very scary time in my life, and so I decided about five or six years subsequent to my divorce that I was going to stop doing what I was doing, which was producing television shows, and went back to school to get a master's in spiritual psychology and simultaneously wrote my book because I wanted, I wanted there to be something for other women who are going through this process because, you know, there are 10 million single moms in the United States, and regardless of the number, when you're going through it, you feel very alone and very afraid, and, and um, so I wanted there to be a resource, and I, I'm sure you have many clients to experience that process. You don't mean, there are more than 10 million you don't mean 10 million sing- altogether single moms. There are yes, there are 10 million single moms in the United States alone, not in the world. There's more, but no. But I still would think that that number is higher. Maybe the last census reported 10 million. Although that, I mean, that was two years ago. So you're right. There could be more. <laughs> <laughs> They're happening every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Maybe it seems like it because you run into them every day. But there's a lot of us out there. Um, so yeah. So I wrote that book, and it really is. Um, it's kind of a bible of healing the inside because I I talk a lot about that in the first five chapters and healing the outside, which is the second five chapters, and the last five chapters are now how do you move on in your life, and either you know find find the the next love of your life or, or really be okay with, as I say, living your happily even after, you mm-hmm. know, with or without, you can still have a great life. Hmm. Um, yes, there certainly, there certainly are, I mean, um, there certainly is a, a, an epidemic, of course, of divorce and, and leaving single mothers and single fathers, for that matter, um, who, who do need to kind of figure out how to start over. So what are some of the things um, some of the things that you suggest? Like what are your favorites? I think that they should come and sit on your couch. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you need to add that to the book. And the number to call in New York is <laughs> Yeah. No, no um, you know, one of the one of the one thing that I talk about is is, you know, in my book I talk about your story. And your story is just a story. And so the idea is, is really sitting down and looking back at your life and reflecting on what transpired to get you to the place that you are now and, and how you can maybe re-script, which is a word that I created, but it's like reframe or rewrite uh-huh. your history and create a new story so that you can move forward in, in a better place. Hmm. Does that make sense? So, for yeah. example, like I, when I was little, my birth father got up one morning and, and left the house. It, you know, I was two years old and I, and he never came back and he never called. Oh. And I, so I, you know, I lived in this world of I'm not good enough. Mm. And did so, you used to go after, um, uh, well, you must've gone after unavailable men. Of course. I, did. <laughs> I went after like really horrible. Well, you, I, I think what I did you're probably going to start psychoanalyzing me. But what I did was I would find men who were really horrible, and then when I got ready to leave them mm. so they couldn't leave me, everyone understood why I left. Mm. Oh, yes, yes. But, you know, it took me, you know, I don't want people to wait until they're in their mid-40s to figure that out. If you can figure it out earlier and have a better life, why not? <laughs> yes, yes. 
Well, I, it just made me, th- I mean, I don't know if you know, but I wrote the books Bad Boys, and Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them, and then yeah. <laughs> more recently, Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them, and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. So, ah. um, so for, uh, as in, so there are 12, I define 12 different types of bad boys and 12 different types of bad girls, and um, for the bad girls, I, I talk about um, the, um, the kind that, um, uh, well, I use Carrie, Carrie from, um, it's funny, <laughs> Carrie from uh, <laughs> Sex in the City. Um, yeah. As You know, when you were telling that story, that's what it made me think of, how her father, you, were you a Sex in the City fan? I was a big fan, but now you're going to tell me something that I didn't know about it. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, I'm and uh, total totally was addicted to that. <laughs> um, and I use actually all four of those women in my book to illustrate different types of bad girls. But anyway, Carrie, um, her father abandoned uh, her mother and her when she was little, and that's why she went after Mr. Big, who mm-hmm. was always unavailable, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to what's his name, the cute, the the furniture Aiden. guy. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Aiden, um, <laughs> and uh, who 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 was very available and wanted to have an intimate, close, you know, wanted to marry her and and all that. And it's because um, it's because of her fear that um, if that if she was in a relationship where it, where um, it got really close, that then this man would leave her like her father did. Mm-hmm. So she was a commitment phobe, and that was the way that she dealt with that. It was by by wanting somebody who was like a total commitment phobe himself, uh, Mr. Big, um, and and uh, um, and and always being in search of him rather than taking this wonderful man who she had in front of her, who wanted her. Right. right. How do we yeah. get off of that? I don't know. Oh, no, but that was but, good. I, yeah, no, that wasn't me. I just, I, I managed to find like really, really bad ones and get them to really like me, and then I'm like, mm, no. Nope. Yes, yes, to, to, um, to, uh, to do to them what essentially your father did. Yes. Oh my and God, they, that makes me sound so evil. No, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mean to do that. That's um, so true. No, I mean, it's just a natural. I guess I'm going to have to look at that. It's just a natural kind of thing to, um, yeah. you know, because, and that is one of the things that's that's, um, you know, why there are uh, so many single mothers and fathers and so on that that generations before have had those kinds of situations, you know, have having mothers and fathers or grandparents or whatever where um, relationships were... Oh, <laughs> we can't be over. We're just getting into this. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, let me... let me, um, Carrie, let me give out what website... Would you, uh, can I give out your website? Please do. Okay. For people to find out more, not only about her, uh, about insurance and Obamacare and how to not be a horror story like what happened to Carrie, her, go to her website. Also, this book that we only got to touch on seems fabulous. So her website is carriezane.com, www.carrie, K-E-R-R-I, Zane, Z-A-N-E, dot com, carriezane.com. And thank you so much, Carrie, for, and I please share your, well, share both of the stories, but 
Um, I mean, of course, your book, and I know you do that all the time. But um, it's very, it's courageous of you to share your your Obama horror story, and it's so important because people need to realize that these kinds of things are happening to real people. It's not just about you know the news. How many people signed up this month? So yes, thank- and I and I am so grateful for you allowing me to share this story because I do feel like it's important. And I, you know, one of the biggest things I do in my life, all across the board, is try and help people not make the mistakes that I made in my life. If you know, do it right, check it out, take care of yourself, take care of your children. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 